Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amid Bros. The Amid Bros Podcast. We are back. Another week, another episode. I am one third of the Amid Bros. D-Mart here, your host, along with my brothers, Jared Man 85 Jeremy, how we feeling tonight, fellas? What's what's to cheer, to cheer. Huh? I mean, I mean, I don't know what that was, but I'm feeling amazing. I, I, I'm uh, I'm feeling amazing right now. I mean, okay. Lakers got a title check. Braves <laughs> about to go up 2-0 in the in the NLCS so they can go to the World Series. Check. Clemson number one in the country just beat another top ten team by twenty five points. Check. Texas, get rid of Bill O'Brien, and all of a sudden score 30 points for the first time in 15 games and win to get off the snide. Check. I mean, I mean and, and then hey, my man, it's funny how, how, how quickly things can change, right? You know, uh, and then my bets, four, four out of five, correct? I mean, got wow. from, from, from negative 1,000 to minus 400 on the season. I mean, we're, we're, we're just chopping wood. I will tell you this, though. Um, the way the Titans look right now, that might not be the check you want. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see. According to Tuesday, they're absolutely destroying the Buffalo Bills right now. But yeah, yeah go ahead. But, yeah, I, Buffalo Bills haven't looked great tonight. Josh Allen's throwing a couple picks. Um, but I will, I will agree. The Titans look great, but they always look great until they run into the Texans, and that's the way it goes. <laughs> Hey man, I'm I'm glad you're feeling better, Jared. I know a few episodes ago we were uh, kind of give you a hard time because all your teams were doing pretty bad. But uh, yeah. you know, I'm glad to, I'm glad that it, you know everything's coming full circle right now. Uh, congratulations to you, first of all, for your Lakers uh, taking the championship this year. Uh, I appreciate Brian, that. Uh, he got he he got it done. You know, he he did what it take to get it done. So you know, shout out to LeBron. Um, so yeah, let's let's uh, let's get right into it, fellas. Um, first first topic. Actually, on uh, on the list here is uh, the Lakers win the title. Uh, LeBron's win, wins the Finals MVP. Um, let's start with you, Jeremy. Do you think LeBron deserves deserve the Final MVP? And what do you think about this overall? You know, the championship and how it's going to be looked back upon. Um, just kind of give me your thoughts, and let's let's start with you, Jeremy. Let's go to Jared. Yeah. yeah. So overall, uh, I thought LeBron played great, man. I thought LeBron deserved the MVP. Uh, I think he was the best player. I think the first couple games it was going to be AD um, because AD looked like the best player on the floor. But moving forward, I think he got to a point to where uh, LeBron was showing himself to be the best player on the um, on the floor most nights. And sometimes Jimmy Butler was looking like the best player because uh, shout out to Jimmy Butler. He was balling. Yeah. As I said before, the most underrated player in basketball. I've been saying it for years. He, he showed he's a great player. So, uh Overall, I think uh, LeBron deserved the MVP, uh, and congrats to him for getting it done. Like I said, I'm sure you guys remember this time last year. I honestly thought LeBron was washed. I didn't think he'd be able to get back to his place. Um, I thought the injuries would probably take over. Generally, when when players start to get injured, um, it normally doesn't stop. And I thought Anthony Davis would probably get injured, and I figured they'd have an injury-ridden season and miss the playoffs. But they they stayed you know tremendously healthy. Uh, players that I did not think had it in the tank anymore. Uh, were able to uh, put some things together. Dwight Howard played better than I ever thought he could play. 
Rajon Rondo, for some reason, I'm not exactly sure what that reason is, decides every time the playoffs comes around, he wants to play like um, a Hall of Famer, which it looks like he's probably going to be the way he plays lately. And um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a tribute to them. Now, do I think there are some teams who, who didn't really uh, come to play and could have gave them a better series? Yeah, I think the Clippers could have gave them a better series. Um, and, and honestly, I think uh, even the Celtics, I think they would have beat them. But I think teams like the Celtics who have a little bit more offensive firepower um, could have given them a, little, a few more problems. But at the end of the day, they're the best team. Uh, this is really the first season that LeBron has had. This team has been, um, I'll say, dominant through the playoffs. Um, every team he's won a title with before this has really struggled in some, in some series. They've been down to 3-2 at some series um, or worse at some point in every every season he won a title before this. You look at uh, the first one in 2012, uh, they were down 3-2 to the Celtics. Uh, 2013, they were down 3-2 to the Sun, to the Spurs and um, were a couple seconds away from uh, from losing that series. And then against the, the Warriors, they're down 3-1. So uh, from pretty much the beginning of the playoffs, they were the favorite and pushed their way through. So uh, I'll give LeBron his credit, man. I'm actually moving LeBron up to number three on my all-time list. Uh, I would be 100% honest. I don't see him moving any higher wow. than that. But, uh, wow, that's, but yeah, that, man. That's huge right there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, but, I, but, yeah, he got it done, man. I mean, all right. Moving on, moving on to Jared, man. You, you, you have the floor, Jared. Go ahead. So, that's that's mighty that's mighty kind of you to move number four. I was me, me and Jeremy had a very, very reasonable uh, conversation earlier today, and I've said for I've said for a while, like, look, I think Jordan has a legitimate argument for being the greatest of all time. I think there's some people that have legitimate arguments. So, if, and we talked about Kobe. I said I think Kobe has a legitimate argument. If you want to look at it and say, all right. You know, based on this, this, and this, I think Kobe is the greatest player. Whatever. I'm not going to argue with you. Personally, I think it's LeBron. But I think there are people who have legitimate arguments. My arguments have always been, though, if if you're going to base it off of, hey, this is the reason why. Because Jordan and Kobe have more. Like, Jeremy, you have Jordan and Kobe above LeBron. If your reasoning is Jordan and Kobe were both more killer mentality guys than LeBron was. They both They both – had more offensive skill. They both had a shot they could go to at the end of the game. Even though I may disagree with the fact that Kobe or, or Jordan taking every game winning shot, because I think it makes it easier to defend. Like we, we, it may be preference. You know, we can we can look at it that way. But I think one of the things I, I take away from LeBron in this run is one, personally, I didn't think LeBron had many years left. Um, I thought this was gonna be one or two year stretch where he could he could put you know, a chance at a championship this year or next year. And I thought those his were last really best good. run. Yeah, I thought this year and next year were his, his two runs where I thought he'd, he'd have the best chance. I'm re-examining that at this point because I, do I think that the, the five months off, four months off layover helped him uh, with his legs? I think it did. Um, but I can't deny that LeBron was playing the best basketball of the season before the, the layoff happened. So I, I'm not going to make the assumption that he wouldn't have continued that or he couldn't have continued that moving forward. But also, when you're looking at next year, it's going to be a shortened season. Adam Silver already said that the season is not going to start until at least Christmas. Uh, and you, you look at the way that Anthony Davis is playing and how he's developed into arguably the best player, second, third best player, whatever you want to call it in the world. Um, and any given night, you could, you know, the best player in the world could be Anthony Davis, could be LeBron. I mean, and I think the toughest thing that, that teams are going to have to deal with is. The Lakers have the ability to beat you with small ball, and they have the ability to beat you with bigs. And that was the story of the series. I, I, I felt like they were able to match up with Houston, 
um, who, who played ultra small ball and, and they were able to put Anthony Davis at the center position and do the same thing when, when uh, the heat played for a while uh, without Bam and, and went small. I, Anthony Davis has the versatility to guard a, a, a Jimmy Butler uh, versus the Rockets, a um, Jeff Green, a lot of those wing type players. He's got that, that flexibility, uh, Pauls. Uh, and then, um, you know, when you look at the uh, when they when they go versus a team that has size like uh, like Jokic and Denver, they're able to go big. And, and, and I don't really see that changing um, as far as LeBron. LeBron clearly deserved the MVP, in my opinion. I thought through two games, Anthony Davis was going to win it. I agree. Um, but if you look at, at LeBron this series, LeBron had the highest field goal percentage on two point shots in the history of the league, even significantly higher than Shaq in Shaq's best season. LeBron this series shot 64.5% on twos, shot 40% on threes, shot 59% overall, had 30 points, 11 rebounds, and nine assists uh, for the series. I mean, if you compare LeBron's last four finals to his first, uh, his, uh, the previous four finals, which were his four in Miami, he's been significantly better in these uh, than he even was at that point in time. And he mentioned after the, after the series that he thinks this LeBron would punish he said he, he thinks he would punish the 27 year old lebron that won his first his first title because he understands his game significantly more um so i'm not going to de- delve too much into the the semantics of uh what what this does from historically as i've said for years i've thought that lebron was the best player uh, of all time and, and and the reality was i've never been a, that's the crazy thing about it you've been saying it for years and I, I've, I've said it since he won the title in 2016 that i thought he was the, that, that that solidified it because i thought just watching him play, I feel like LeBron feels more holes than anybody else. But like I said, I think there, there are other people who have legitimate arguments. And because LeBron never get, got to play versus Jordan in his prime and Jordan never got to play versus Kobe in his prime when they were both in their prime. And they're like, you, you know, you, all the way down, we never got to see Wilt uh, Co- Kobe got a Kobe, Jordan got to play against Kobe in his prime a little bit when he got that 55 piece dropped on him. I, thought, I said when well, they both were in their prime. Jordan, Jordan was no longer in his prime when Kobe was giving him that 50, 55 piece. Um, but yeah, I, I think realistically, man, it's 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 it was great to see. Um, and I think one of the best things that I, I take from this is the Lakers in two years. And I know Jeremy's going to hate this comment, but Magic Johnson did an excellent job. And Rob Blinken oh, God. finished it off. Uh, Rob Blinken did an excellent job. And, Rob and... did an excellent job. But I think the, the reality was when they brought Magic in, it was a cluster. And what, what did Magic try to do last year? He wanted to trade trade the same pieces away to get Anthony Davis. And the only thing that changed for them to get Anthony Davis was the fact that they um, the, the general manager, Demps, from, uh, from New Orleans got replaced with David Griffin. And David Griffin was more willing to make that move. And I think the what you're seeing is when you get a guy like an Anthony Davis and you pair him with a LeBron, it, it's it's going to be really tough to beat them. And I think next year that that's the reason why they're the favorites to win it again. Overall, what I'll say is this: um, from from that perspective and what you said, I think Magic did a terrible job, um, and, <laughs> and Rob, Rob Palenka fixed it. I'll give him that. Um, but uh, I'll give I'll give a shout out to Anthony Davis too. I know. Uh, I know LeBron, like we said, we both think he deserved MVP, but he did a historical thing in the finals. He averaged 25, 11, and 2, and he actually averaged a 40, or a, what is it, 40, 50, 90. He, he shot uh, 50, 40, 90, I mean. He shot 57% from the field, 
42% from three and 94% from the free throw line. So, I mean, if you look at those averages, the fact that he didn't win any P tells you how, how well LeBron played. Um, and, Jared, I'm looking very, very much for the next uh, few years when Caldwell Pope and Rondo knows leave, and you guys can really depend on Kyle Kuzma to be the number three option. Well, listen. Kyle Kuzma, man, like yo, this guy's awareness on the court is is so gone, and he does things that I'm just like, he's so physical. He has the ability to get hot at any given time, but man, if you can trade Kyle Kuzma for Duncan Robinson, do it today. I mean, I, and I know There's it's like, no way Miami's making that trade in a thousand. No, years. no, but I know. you know what though? I I agree with with Shannon's. Uh, did you hear what Shannon said? It, Shannon Sharp said they should trade for. Oh. Um, he was like, just trade him for a straight up for Buddy Hield. That would be a great trade for y'all. But listen, Buddy Hield. Um, but they Sacramento ain't trading Buddy Hield for him. Um, right, Buddy Hield. Buddy Hield's average of like twenty. Like that. That's that's not the. Uh, I would love that, but I think the reality is this: Lakers will reload. They're they're in a desirable market. They've they've shown this year that LeBron has been much more willing to. And LeBron's always been a facilitator, but LeBron has been more ball dominant than probably any player in the history of the league. Uh, I don't say history, but pretty really really ball dominant. He's played in the fourth quarters a lot off ball, allow Rondo to run it. I think Rondo clearly will be back. LeBron's ball dominant. Yes, um, and. Except the last 30 seconds of the game, right? <laughs> I think LeBron, last 30 seconds of the game has still been extremely ball dominant. He's taken more, made more shots than anybody in the history of the league. But I think the reality. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you pay, you've been playing for 30 years in the league. But listen, neither here nor there. We're not listen, gonna, we're not here's, here's, my, here's my question. And this, I, I do want to get that <laughs> out there. Boy, yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna, do, he's gonna do a lot more stuff than everybody else because he's been playing for 18 years. Yeah, you know, you know what, what that that means though. You know, um, I'm going to throw this out there. If you don't smoke cigars constantly, eat nothing but steaks and drink bourbon and go to the casinos all the time, then when you're 35, you feel really good and you have a lot of basketball ahead of you. Jared, 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 I think that's the reality. Jared, Jared, no, that's not not fair. And And I'll tell you why. Athletes, not just LeBron, athletes everywhere are playing much, much later. There's a lot better technology. There's a lot better right. uh, things that are going into it. Nutrition. I mean, look at Federer. Look at Serena. Look at, I mean, yeah, people. You can say that, but you still have to put the work in to do it. And I'm not you taking do. that away oh, from yeah, LeBron. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from, from LeBron, but I look at the treatments and things like that that weren't available, even with Kobe and Dwayne Wade that are available now. Uh, I, I, I'm, I I'm not they, saying I think they got bone on bone a lot earlier than they would have had they had a lot of the treatments that are available right now. I'm so. sure. And a lot of it's luck. A lot of it's, you know, good genes. Like LeBron hasn't had any significant injuries. I think Kobe could have played at a high level significantly longer if Mike D'Antoni and him didn't have that um, wasting away of his, his Achilles. But uh, that's neither here nor there. The, the point of the matter is this. Um, I, I thought it was funny when, when we watched that game um, that – Literally, we like we haven't seen LeBron hit so many game winners in a row that we go back to the oh no, LeBron's now scared to take the shot. Like I, I I've I've never understood that logic because I think but, but he's like, never been the guy to take the shot. Yes, he has. His the so why does everybody continuously say the same thing, Jared? Everybody's because that's the narrative. Because here's the, here's the thing. Let me let Not me the narrative. Let me tell you. Three nights ago. No, no, I didn't. Damn it. So his last playoff run. His last playoff run was 2018. 
LeBron hit three game winners during that playoff run in and of itself. So the reality of it is here, a game we, winner is not technically to me a game winner's last twenty seconds. I'm not talking about a, a game winner layup with a minute and fifteen seconds. No, no, I'm talking about at the buzzer. He hit the game winning but three pointer at the buzzer versus the Pacers. He hit the game winning floater from the left side versus the Raptors. And he hit another one versus I want to say the Celtics, which was in the last ten seconds. I, I, I remember. I remember two. I don't remember three. I remember the Raptors. The other one, he, he, he hit one versus the Pacers that was with like ten seconds. And not Pacers. Celtics was like ten seconds to go. That was the the ended up being the winner of the game. But the the reality is this. I think this is what has happened with the league, and I, I'll, I'll put it this way: everybody looks at LeBron and they look at Jordan, and Jordan has now become the standard in which we measure greatness. And not in the sense of was he better or is this the best way of doing it, but because we see Jordan as the GOAT in a lot of people's eyes, then the reality is everything Jordan did was the correct way of doing it. And if you do it differently, then that's not the way you should do it. Historically, LeBron's teams in clutch situations performed significantly better than Jordan's teams did in clutch situations. Historically, but who's the uh, catalyst of them performing clutch? It's LeBron. usually not LeBron. It's LeBron. If, if you, LeBron has hit more game winners, hit more shots in clutch moments, and hit a higher percentage. Jared, than Jared, Jared, his and, and, and I, I don't know. I don't want to go too long into this, but Jared, that that actually plays into the point of why he should take more shots. If LeBron is shooting over fifty percent on game winning attempts, and Danny Green for that shot is thirty eight percent. At making that shot now in the regular course of the game over time it's a better pass to make the pass to Danny Green because over the course of time you're going to make 38 percent it's about like shooting 60 percent threes almost or 60 percent twos but when you only need one basket and LeBron is more likely than not to make that shot and Danny Green is shooting is going to miss 62 percent of those shots then actually the better choice is for him just to take that shot I, and that's I, where I, I, I understand that. I, so, so I, I, and, 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 I, and like I said, I don't think LeBron is scared to shoot that shot. I don't. I think LeBron went into that play planning to get Danny Green a shot. I just have a disagreement in what is actually the best shot. I, that's, that's my point on it. I think it's actually better for LeBron to take that shot. I, I feel like the, the, the way LeBron plays and the way he thinks, I, I, and, and if you break down that play, he ran that exact same motion four straight possessions. And he scored baskets on all on the first three of them. So in the last minute, he had three baskets where he drove the exact same motion, the, the pick with Duncan Robinson. And typically the way he did it was he had Duncan Robinson. Uh, he had the, them come up and, and screen the person who was guarding Duncan Robinson, who was Danny Green. And then he was as soon as he Duncan Robinson committed to go back to Danny Green. He had a shoulder on Jimmy Butler. He drives to the basket, gets his positioning score or he missed the layup, grabbed the rebound, put it back in. What he did in this one was he wanted to force Duncan Robinson to make a decision early. So as before Duncan committed to going back to Danny Green, he drove into Duncan Robinson's chest. And Here, at the end of the day, he didn't take the shot. But here's the thing, though. I, 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 I don't Jordan didn't take the shot versus with John Paxson. But so did Jordan with Paxton. So did Jordan with Kerr. They just happened to make the shot. That's yeah, what it is. but I'm not going to try to break a slow motion down. Or what I'm he just saying I thought it was – his thought process was I think he really wanted to put uh, Duncan Robinson right. and make him defend him. And, I, and, I, and Duncan I, I, and both I'll put, of them I'll, I'll put a final bowl on this. Um, congratulations to the Lakers. Uh, the fans out there acting like there's no COVID that exists. Hopefully you stay safe. And one last thing you need to do in order to make sure you stay safe. 
Don't say anything negative about Kobe out there. I don't know if you guys saw the video. They were chanting Kobe outside of Staples. Somebody said F Kobe, and I'm pretty sure he's in the hospital now. Um, so somebody really said that. Yeah, yeah, he got stomped out. Why? Um, I mean, uh, listen, I'm not telling anybody. I, I tell you that, that that whoever said that probably wasn't from LA. Um, <laughs> but look, I'm yeah. like, like here's it, the it, thing. It, it, it ended very badly. Yeah, you, that's just not smart. It's not like, smart. It's yeah, we, we can move on, but that's just not smart. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> Uh yeah, let's let's keep it moving, guys. Let's go into some NFL. Um, horrific, horrific injury. Uh, I'm sure everybody saw uh, from Dak on Sunday. His ankle basically was twisted the opposite way. Um, very emotional scene when he left the the football field. Uh, so definitely uh, prayers up for his quick recovery. But let's talk about it, man. Um, I was surprised, and I actually forgot that the backup. Was Buddy from the Bengals? I can't. Andy, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. I was, I was, I was, I was like, expecting uh, Cooper Rush to come in. I forgot. I was like, yeah, that that might be an, an upgrade. And he came out and was throwing with some 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 great velocity, and uh, they ended up winning the game. So, um, let's get back to the, the the main question I wanted to ask though is the first thing that I thought and I said out loud when I saw Dak got injured is man he didn't get his money. Um, so let's let's start with that. Let's start with you with with Jared on this. Um. What are your thoughts on this, man? Uh, we are, we obviously know that you know he should have got his money before this kind of injury, you know. But uh, hindsight twenty twenty. But let me get your thoughts on this uh, situation, Jared. So, my, there's three things I take away from this situation. First um, is this injury. You know, first and foremost, the injury was was devastating. I think when you look at it, you see Dak. Um, I mean, his ankle was bent sideways. And literally, this is, it, it didn't seem like that dangerous of a play. Um, I didn't really notice it looking anything violent. And then I looked at his leg and I was like, ooh, that's not good. Uh, compound fracture, broken ankle, uh, dislocated ankle, uh, four to six-month recovery period. Um, it, was, it was a gruesome-looking injury. And it all happened because he could have gotten down, but he wanted to get an extra yard or two. And, he, and that's what he's been known for, his, his durability and his ability to get a few extra yards. He happened to get his ankle kind of caught up on that tackle. Um, the second thing I take away from it is this. Um, I, I felt like the Cowboys um, would have covered the spread had he not gotten injured. Listen, my only pick, <laughs> <laughs> as terrible that, that sounds, my only pick that I missed in, the, in my, my five picks was the Cowboys covered nine points. The Cowboys were up eight. Dak breaks his ankle. And Andy Dalton – Fumbles a snap inside his own 15-yard line to give the ball to the Giants. They score a touchdown, get a two-point, and they end up only winning by three. Add those eight points on, that's 11. I would have covered the nine. I would have been 5-0. and um, And I had a couple parlays on it. It would have made my weekend even better. But, hey, listen, that, that's another one. But, but to get back to, to the, the Dak thing, I, I think the third issue is long-term s- stability. I think – the 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 uh, Cowboys are going to still give a big contract to Dak. I think when you look at the way he one he's played this year, although I I didn't think he played great in the in the first halves. I mean he he still was on you know before this injury he, he was throwing for 420 yards a game. Um, this is an injury that likely will not affect his ability to be able to to uh, play the game. I mean it's as bad as the injury as it was. With it being the way it is, they'll probably put a steel rod 
um, by his tibia to make sure that there's some more stability there. The ankle's back in place. That shouldn't be a major issue going forward. Um, and then you throw in the fact that if you're the Cowboys and that this bad division, you're probably still going to win it or at least win six, seven games. And if you win six or seven games, you're either paying Dak Prescott or you're trading for another quarterback and hoping he can be Dak Prescott. So you're trading for a Matt Ryan where you're going to have to trade a first round pick or you're trading for a Sam Darnold where, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea, but now Sam Darnold, if you traded for him, has one more year before he's either up for a big contract or you get rid of him. So I think the reality is... How many years does Matt Ryan have left in him? uh, Matt Ryan's not that old. Matt Ryan's my age. He's 35. Um, So the the reality of it is he... It depends on how long he wants to play. The problem with Matt is... Um, one, he doesn't have significant arm ability, and he in the league is kind of passing by a lot of these quarterbacks that don't have strong arms and don't have mobility. You got to be he able to have no velocity on his throw. He has no velocity. He can't throw the ball outdoors, and he has no. He has very little mobility. And so, um, even if you have, the, I don't even think he has the arm of a Teddy Bridgewater. And when you have Teddy, who's who's significantly more mobile than than Matt, even after the injury. Um, you know, it, it exposes him for the flaws that he has. I, I, I we can get into that the, the Matt Ryan debate a little bit later, but I think, I think Dak's still getting a hundred plus million dollar deal. I think in reality he's gonna get the money. Everybody says he should get, you know, that he should have signed earlier, but I disagree, and I'm gonna tell you why. I think the reason why is he got 33, 30, 33 million dollars this year. Thirty one. Thirty one. He's still gonna get. Let's say worst case scenario. He's getting $80 million guaranteed if he signed, even with his injury. So what does he have? $111 million guaranteed, which is around the number that they they initially offered. I think he's actually still going to get $100-plus million. I mean, the, the franchise tag, although it may not be conducive to staying on the team that you're on, you know who's the, the highest-paid quarterback over the last five years? Kirk Cousins, because he had two franchise tags for the, the Washington football team. Then he was able to hit free agency, get $90 million guaranteed, and even though he hasn't been great, then he gets another deal from the from the uh, Vikings to extend him. So I think the reality is Dak's still going to get his money, and um, you know it's it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I feel bad for him. I'm, I'm, I'm wishing him a speedy recovery, um, but I, I think financially he's going to be fine. All right, Jamie, what do you what do you think about this uh, this Dak situation? Uh, yeah, I mean honestly, I, I feel bad for him, man. I, I, he seems like a like a good dude. Um, he's going out there to play. You know, he didn't do what a lot of people would have done in this situation, which is just hold out and um, and not sign and, and force the team to kind of pay you. But he went on to sign the franchise tag, uh, took his money, went out there, bet on himself, and then he got hurt. Um, the one thing I will say is I'm more concerned about his, his just future, just coming back and being confident and playing at that same level again. From a monetary standpoint, Dak is making $31 million this year. Um, it's reported that, he, that he's been making $50 million um, or more in endorsements over the last three or four years uh, annually. So if you look at that standpoint, Dak's not going to have to worry about anything financially for the rest of his life. I'm sure he has an injury clause anyway or an injury insurance. So from a financial standpoint, I think Dak's going to be just fine. Um, I obviously want him to get his money uh, and be fine going forward. But to be honest, I wouldn't mind him being very, very successful after leaving the Cowboys. That would be awesome. It, wouldn't it be great if, like, Jerry Jones had paid – uh, Tony Romo all this money because he thought he was a guy and he just didn't want to give it up for Dak and then Dak goes to like 
I don't know. Let's say Drew Brees retires and he goes to the Saints and wins the Super Bowl. Like, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know what it would also but, do? It would allow me to, to root for guys. Like, like, for instance, as a Texans fan, I've been rooting for the Texans all season. But in the back of my mind, there was always this thought process of the more we win, the longer we have to deal with Bill O'Brien. And I knew it was almost like it's it's I, I, I give the analogy of Jeremy, you, you'll definitely understand this. When you're playing fantasy football and your team, your fantasy team player is playing versus your favorite team and you're rooting against your your fantasy player as far as them winning, but you're rooting for him to have big numbers. So it's almost like you feel you feel like this hesitation, like, all right, cool, let's get up 30, and then he scored two touchdowns. Whatever it Jared, is. Jared, yes. Jared. No, I'm a Saints fan. Um, if, if I don't have a fantasy player that's going against the Saints, I don't play him. I said him. I don't care who it is. They're not, I'm not cheering for you to score against the Saints. Sorry. So listen, <laughs> listen, I, I – um, I, I root for guys that, that play against my team as long as it doesn't affect my team's ability to win. But but the reality of the situation is it's that's that's what it is like. I like Dak Prescott, but I can't root for the Cowboys. So the reality is, if he went to a different team, I'd have the ability to be able to root for him, like I like I like. Uh, it's probably like Jeremy's feeling right now with he gets to root for Cam because he's not in his division anymore. It it makes it the yeah. word much more enjoyable to watch. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, so definitely uh, prayers up for Dak. You know, obviously he's uh, he's doing pretty well off the field, but, you know, you still want to be able to, you know, see guys get uh, what they're worth because everybody else seems like they are. So uh, shout out to Dak. Hopefully he uh, recovers uh, very fast. But let's get on into some bets, fellas. Um, I want to uh, get you guys' takes on uh, who the, the, the listeners should uh, bet on this coming week and uh, how the bets went last week. Let's start with you, uh, Jeremy, on this. Okay, so from a last week perspective, it did not go ideally. Um, <laughs> the game I won, I, I bet the Dolphins against the 49ers because, like I said, the 49ers are terrible. I've been saying that for, you know, a little time now, um, and I was proven right on that standpoint. From every other bet, it was terrible. I said the Colts were going to beat the Browns, um, and the Browns beat them pretty handily. I think the Colts – uh, I give them a little bit too much credit for beating a bunch of sorry teams. So I think the Colts are kind of who I thought they were at the beginning of the season. Um, I bet the Saints to cover uh, seven points, seven and a half, I think, uh, against the Chargers. Uh, and I did not anticipate uh, Herbert uh, dicing our defense up. Um, and I thought Michael Thomas was going to be back, and, and he got suspended after our show. Uh, Seattle, I figured they'd blow out the Vikings, and that game was a lot closer than uh, it probably needed to be. And Russell Wilson at the end of the game came up – in a Russell Wilson-like performance, um, and then the last game that I uh, that I picked last week was um, which game was that? Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I can't remember. I lost. Um, so let's go through my picks this week. I'm, I'm minus two hundred for the for the season, but about to bounce back, bounce to bounce back, huh? Um, yeah, I don't know what that was. So uh, this week, the first game I'm starting off with is the Battle of the Terribles. Washington football team is plus three against the Giants. Wait, I'm sorry, Jeremy, I'm, Jeremy, Jeremy. Correction. Uh-huh. Correction. You were you were two and three last week. What was the last game? You picked the Panthers over the Falcons. Oh, that is right. I forgot about that. Okay. I was two and three. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking I was I know what it was. I thought I was gonna be uh 
I thought I was gonna be uh four and one now pick and I lost two. So that's what it was. Okay, so I was two and two and three. Okay, yeah. So um You're, that you're makes still plus two hundred for the season. Plus two hundred. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the last game was. I wanna beat you. I don't wanna cheat you, you know, that's what it is. Yeah, okay. Whatever that was. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh the first game I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna push Washington uh, against the Giants. So uh they're plus three. Sorry, I'm not – I'm betting against anybody who's getting points against anybody from New York. So uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to start with that game. I'm picking Washington plus three. Um, the next game I'm going to bet uh, is the Baltimore Ravens uh, minus seven and a half at the Eagles. I know uh, the, the line opened at seven. It's up to seven and a half. Hell, if you could get it below nine, bet it. They're going to absolutely destroy um, the Eagles in that game. Uh, the next game I'm going to go to. Uh, if you're looking for a, a good game to bet, I'm going to go Green Bay Packers minus one and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not sold on Tampa. I don't think Tampa's very good. Uh, the only really good team that they played this entire season um, and won uh, is the Panthers. And I think the Panthers are a lot better than I thought they were going to be. I, I, I thought getting rid of all their talent was going to really ruin them. But shout out to Teddy Bridgewater for, um, for, for playing like a champ. So uh, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers in that game. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, Los Angeles Rams or minus three and a half against or they're and they're at 49ers. And I don't think the 49ers are a very good team at all. Um, so uh, that's another game I'm going to go with. And lastly, um, I am going to actually go with the uh, um, with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs minus three at Buffalo Bills. Uh, I just think that I think they're going to be able to put put some things together. I think the Kansas City's offense, after losing the game, uh, is going to come back with a bounce back performance, and I think they're going to be able to get it done. So, um, just to recap again, my picks are Kansas City Chiefs minus three, Rams minus three and a half, Green Bay Packers minus one and a half, uh, the Washington Football Team plus three, and the Baltimore Ravens minus seven and a half. So, so here's my uh, my main thought process on what you said. I like your picks. The one I'm a little leery on, even though I think it has a good chance, is the Ravens pick. Lamar hasn't played great football the last few weeks. Uh, it hasn't been discussed a lot, but if you look at Lamar's last uh, three games, he has under 200 yards passing. He's got multiple turnovers, I think, in both in all three three of those games. Yeah, he hasn't played, and he's mentioned how he he doesn't feel like he's playing the type of football he's he's capable or used to playing. Um, so I, I think the Eagles defense probably is the one to go against if you want to do that. Um, but once you get over a touchdown, it, it wouldn't be one of my ideal bets that I look at. Um, if you if you look at my, my standpoint is, is that the Eagles offensive line is terrible. Um, their wide receivers are, are banged up. And so they've got a bunch of backup wide receivers. So when you throw Marlon Humphrey and, uh, and uh, Peters out there against uh, Carson Wentz and that banged up team, I think their defense is going to dominate. I saw what they did to Joe Burrow last week, and uh, I think overall the defense is going to get a lot. And just with the Jim Schwartz's wide nine, um, I, I I think they're going to be able to uh, have to some openings out. for yeah to, to gash from a from a quarterback running standpoint. So I don't think he's necessarily going to get it done with his arm, but I think he's going to be able to put some points up. Makes sense. Makes sense. So here's mine, and I feel really good about my picks this week. Uh, last week was four and one. Um, going through the picks last week, I picked the Texans to cover versus the Jags. Um, I told you that getting rid of Bill O'Brien was like getting a monkey off your back. Forget that. It was like walking on a mountain hike in Utah and having a cougar not attack you. 
Um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen that video. It's a guy in Utah who's, who's hiking and there's a cougar who basically stalks him for five and a half minutes is utterly terrifying. Um, and then eventually runs off, but that's, that's getting Bill O'Brien off of your team is like escaping that scenario. Um, the other picks I made for the week, I told you about the Cardinals versus the Jets. Um, there, I mean, it was just a no brainer. Um, I told you to bet the Rams over Washington. That was a no brainer. Um, I told you to bet the Dolphins over the um, the 49ers. 49ers yeah. and, and then the Cowboys-Giants game was the one that got sabotaged on. But this week, I feel excellent. Um, let's let's go through the games I, I, I like so I can try to get to 5-0 this week. I'm at minus uh, 400 for the season because I got plus 600 last week. I thought I was minus 1,000. So, you know, after back-to-back seasons of hitting at over 58%, uh, we're getting back there. We're 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 gonna slow slowly grind this thing back. Um, so uh, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three and a half versus the Browns. The Browns are four and one. They won four straight games. But here's the question: Who have they done it versus? All right. So the the Colts have a very uh, good defense, but if you look at Phil Rivers, they need to get rid of him. They need to bench him. He's been awful this season. Phil Rivers this season has four touchdowns and five interceptions. He throws some of the worst interceptions you can throw at the most inopportune times. Um, And that was a game where Baker probably played his best half of football of his career. Uh, I don't expect that versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has one of the top defenses in football. Pittsburgh can also run the ball. And Pittsburgh now has an emerging superstar wide receiver. It looks like, I'm going to say superstar, but Chase Claypool had four touchdowns as a rookie this week. You throw him at his size uh, alongside the speed they have at some of their receiver positions with James Washington, along with you know having a, a very good, reliable third-down receiver um, and and Schuster, uh, Smith Schuster. Um, I think the the Steelers are going to cover that spread, so book that at the three and a half points. Um, the next game I want to look at for this week, um, the the Texans game. I would love to bet them versus the Titans, but that game's not on the board um, because of the kind of COVID issues that the Titans have had. So we'll see when that comes around. I'm going to go – I agree with you on this one, Jeremy. If, if Washington is getting three points versus the Giants. That seems like a no-brainer. First off, Washington has a better pass rush than anybody the Giants have, have faced this year. Take away this last game where they're playing the worst Cowboys defense. Maybe they're the worst defense in the history of the league. Uh, I thought it was my Texans, but we got it back together um, now that Bill O'Brien's gone. But uh, if you look at last week, the Giants scored 34 points. Before last week, the Giants had scored three offensive touchdowns on the season, and now they're going versus a, a vaunted pass rush and at least capable quarterback play with either Kyle Allen or Alex Smith. Another story is that the, the Washington Washington is uh, expected to trade Dwayne Haskins before the trade deadline, which is um, an epic failure of a draft pick in the first round, which I told you you, should, you shouldn't have taken in the first place. Um, but you know that's an early that's a quick trigger, but. From what I was I, I was reading up on it was Dwayne Haskins got beat by the Ravens. They got destroyed by the Ravens, and Dwayne Haskins was in the locker room bragging about how he threw for over 300 yards. And that's just not the leadership you want out of your starting quarterback. Pair that in the fact that uh, his first victory he had as a, as a Washington quarterback, he was dapping up fans and things in the stands while the game was still going on, so they had to send the backup quarterback in to take the knee because Dwayne Haskins was in the crowd or giving high fives. Um, that's just bad news. So I know, I, I know Riverboat didn't like that. No, no. So um, I, I, that, I, I will say this, though, and this, this is one thing I will say. 
their quarterback play is awful. And I know everybody's hype on Alex Smith coming back. It's a great story. I'm hoping Alex Smith gets out of there and Kyle Allen can get back in. Like, I, he looks like – I mean, the guy's leg still looks terrible. And I, I don't want to see him get his leg broken again. I mean, he threw 18 passes and got 39 yards. I mean – but but Jeremy, did you? Here's the thing. I felt I felt confident in his leg ability after that game. One, he got, he got hit, hit so much. <laughs> he got hit so much. Aaron Donald had four sacks that game. There was a sack where he literally jumped on top of Alex Smith's back like he was a kid at a theme park until Alex Smith fell down. And I was like, I mean, if you can you can support the weight of Aaron Donald on your back, then your leg should be fine. You know. So I, I actually feel better about him playing now that I watched. I was terrified watching him play, but now I feel better about that. Um, other games that I feel really good about, um, if you're looking, at, looking for a game that I think is going to – I, I don't want to say this is going to be a, a, a nail-biter for the spread-wise, but I think, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think it's going to get done. Cardinals minus two-and-a-half at Cowboys Monday Night Football. So Cardinals have not been great this year. I don't think they're a great team. But we saw how that Cowboys defense made Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton and uh, Evan Ingram look. I think with a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, with a quarterback as dynamic as Kyler Murray, and the speed they have on the outside. I mean, you guys still – Larry Fitzgerald's still good, but their speed that they have with – I can't think of my – the white kid's name who who came from UMass – uh, the wide receiver. Oh, I know uh, you're talking about. I can't think of his name though. Uh, he ran like a four three two. Yep, yep. He blazing, blazing fast guy. And I see him. I see him right now. I can't think of his name. Um, and I'm sure it'll come to me as soon as we get done with this topic. But I think with the uh, speed, and Andy Isabella. Yeah, Andy Isabella. Um, the the two guys that I thought, and this is a little off topic. It was in the fourth and fifth round, and I was like, at some point, one of these quick white receivers is going to get picked up by the Patriots. Either Hunter Renfro or Andy Isabella, and they somehow both they passed on both of them, and I was like, those are two guys you probably should have taken uh, when you needed to replace Edelman uh, for his drops. Either way, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I was I would throw this out there. I knew um, Hunter Renfro was going to be good in the league, and for some reason, I think white wide receivers dropping the draft like black quarterbacks. But we'll discuss yes, that on another yes. day. Yes, I mean there was there was this, <laughs> there was the exact same conversation though beforehand. <laughs> about Cooper Cup when he was coming out. Like, everybody's like, oh, he's unguardable, but then he just fell to, like, the third round. It's like, oh, okay, he's, he is the same way he was in college. Um, so the the first three, I got got those in there with the Steelers uh, over the Browns, the uh, Washington football team over the Giants, and Bowens call them a different name, and the Cardinals over the Cowboys. The other two I'm going to go with, and I feel pretty confident in these, I'm going to take the Bears plus two and a half versus the Panthers. Nick Foles brings that team some confidence. They're playing versus the Panthers, who are playing well, but I expect the the Bears' defense to give them some trouble. Khalil Mack literally hip tossed the guy last week. I don't expect <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater to be able to. Um, Jared, I don't want to hear you say a guy. He hip tossed a, a entire offensive uh, lineman. Uh, that, as, <laughs> as, as as Black Twitter would say, a whole man. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. No, I don't think that accurately describes. He's an NFL. Uh, a Gentlemen whole offensive that, lineman. I, he, they, well they, over 350 pounds. He they, he's three, he's 340, Tristan Wirfs, and he hip-tossed him like he was um, he was a little kid. So um, Khalil Mack, I think, is going to get pressure on him. I expect him to at least cover the two-and-a-half. I got Bears winning straight up. Um, last game, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I'm going to take the Packers minus a point-and-a-half versus the Buccaneers. 
Look, I, I picked the Buccaneers and the Saints to both finish 11 and 5 to win, to, to tie for the win for the division. Um, here's the thing about the Buccaneers that, that concerns me. One, I don't think they're a really buttoned up team. They have way too many penalties, which is one of the things that we've seen. Two, uh, if you get a pass rush on Tom Brady, he flinches and he missed some throws. I mean, the reason they lost that game, everybody may talk about him forgetting the fourth down, which was costly. But he missed a touchdown pass early in that game that could have blown it open. It was wide open. He just missed it. Um, so as much as these commentators are making excuses for him, I think Tom is better than, than Jameis was last year. But Tom has not been great. And Aaron Rodgers has been playing flawless football. And I get Aaron Rodgers coming off of a bye with a creative play caller with Devontae Adams coming back with Robert Tanyan looking like a superhero. And you throw in the uh, you know the, the other side of it where you got uh, – what's my uh, – Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Jones, who's basically been unstoppable at the running back position, and they have a pass rush with, uh, you know, the – what's the brothers? The Smith brothers, Zadarius Smith and uh, Preston Smith. So I, I expect them to be able to get enough pressure to be able to cover that one-and-a-half points. So book those as my five games. The uh, the one I'm also going to throw out there for you guys the, um, that if, if you want to just take an extra one, I actually have the, the Falcons covering three-and-a-half points versus the Vikings. Vikings played good football, dominated the, the Seahawks, but the Falcons got rid of their coach. There, There's now question marks on the, is the team committed around Matt Ryan, which I think gives them more of a sense of urgency. Um, I expect them to play pretty well. They, I don't expect them to win the game, but I think they'll cover the three and a half points. Uh, and then the last thing that we haven't really discussed, uh, I would bet Georgia minus, uh, plus six points versus Alabama this week. Georgia versus Alabama is a Saturday night game, eight o'clock CBS. Alabama's defense, I mean, Lane Kiffin made that defense look like uh, the Dallas Cowboys this year. I mean, every possession he scored, basically. I mean, so uh, I, I would take Georgia in that matchup. All right, then. Well, uh, listeners, you guys got your bets on uh, on who to choose next week. Definitely figure out who you want to go with. Uh, Jeremy or Jared, but we're going to figure out next week if these guys are right or not. Uh, I'll definitely be uh, be uh, taking uh, some advice from uh, from Jared this week. Maybe Jeremy. Jeremy had a little rough week last week, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for today, guys. Any any, any parting thoughts before we get up out of here? Yeah, I actually got a couple. Uh, so one, uh, Nadal proved himself to be the GOAT this week, uh, dominating Novak Djokovic, I had to repost a post that I made on September 13, 2010, where I stated that Nadal would finish with more majors than Federer. Next, my next post is about uh, the Pelicans roster. Uh, it looks like we're interviewing Stan Van Gundy. I actually think Stan Van Gundy would be a great fit for us. I think he does really good with player development, and I think he would be uh, you know, a good fit if Tyron Lue doesn't. I think Tyron Lue is scheduled to come in, too. I, I think Ty- Tyron Lue is going to end up taking the Clippers job. Next. Actually, uh, actually Mo- Jeremy. Uh, they said the, the talks are heating up for Tyron Lue to get the Rockets job, which is kind of surprising. Why would he want that job? I, this, I'm not one, I don't want any team that has Russell Westbrook tied on for the next three years. But um, I'll go to Houston. Uh, I, I, I don't think I'd want those problems. Next, Dan Mullins, the person who came out saying that he wanted their entire stadium filled with people for this game so because he feels like it gives a competitive advantage. That probably tells you what his thought process is towards COVID. Um, it probably tells you that he's a little lax, and that's why they now have 19 people that have tested positive on the team and have suspended all football activities. So um, be smart. Uh, stay inside. Do your do your right stuff. Um, 
And, and my last thing I'll say is it looks like the Saints are trying to maybe go to LSU Stadium so that they can get some fans. Uh, not a big fan of, you know, people not social distancing. Uh, I think it's going to get worse, but, hey, it is what it is. And my my last two thoughts on this will be, one, shout-out to the Clemson Tigers, as I mentioned. Travis Etienne should get some love for the Heisman. Everybody's been talking about Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence has been awesome. But the best player of the country this year so far has been Travis Etienne. I mean, another monstrous game. Broke the record for Tim Tebow um, at 39 games with a receiving or rushing touchdown in his career. Um, I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, the the second thing I will throw out there, Jeremy, and I, I will agree with the nonsense on on – Dan Mullen wanting them to be able to do that, uh, to, to be able to have players play in that kind of situation. But I, I, the, the last piece I would say about that is, how about you guys just not fumble the ball late in the game so you don't blow my cover? Listen, I'm going to go through this really quickly. <laughs> so when, whenever, you know, Scott Van Pelt on, on SportsCenter goes through bad beats, I'm going to take a one minute and quickly go through the bad beats I had this weekend. Literally one minute. Here we go. First and foremost, I had the Miami Heat, I'm sorry, I had the Lakers to cover seven and a half versus the Heat Wednesday. They're up nine. Tyler Hero hits a three at the buzzer that was meaningless to, to, to cover the spread, to bust the spread that I had. Boom. Next game, I had a three team parlay. The, the only game I needed on there was Florida to beat Texas AM straight up. Florida has the ball inside field goal range, three minutes to go, fumbles the ball, gives it to Texas AM, who drives down the field, kicks the field goal to break the spread, break the parlay. Next one. I needed Auburn to cover four points versus Arkansas. They're up 17 in the second half. Give up 22 unanswered. Win by two instead of the four points I needed. That's the only part of the three-team parlay I didn't cover. Next, I had the Cowboys and the Texans. The Texans cover. Cowboys uh, breaks his ankle, and that one falls through. And then I had the Cardinals and the Chiefs parlay. Cardinals cover. Patrick Mahomes knows. Come out and freaking lose to the Raiders. And then last night... I had the Braves Saints, and Jeremy Saints didn't cover after the Braves won FML. <laughs> All righty. Um, yeah, man, that's uh those parlays are tricky, Jared. You know, so it's tough. That's that's why that's why they are worth more money, right? Yeah. So, yeah. They, they say par- they say parlays keep uh casinos open. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do. I, I never heard that, but I bet I bet that's uh, yeah. Yeah, because they said that I, I saw I was listening to this podcast and I'll let it go. But I was listening to this podcast the other day about Vegas uh, betting, and it was like some of the I guess uh, sharp for talking about it. And they were saying that Vegas had gotten killed with the overs over the last over the first two weeks, and all, a lot of the favorites had been winning, so the Vegas was losing on all those. And they were saying, you know, so did they lose a lot of money? They're like, no, they made they made it all up in, par- in parlays. <laughs> nuts. I would love to see that the like the the, the spreadsheet or one called a PL from like yeah. what, what's gaining and what's losing money. I bet that would never be released because I'm sure everybody would just whatever the trend is <laughs> start a casino. <laughs> right. But uh yeah, let's get up on out of here, fellas. We'll be back next week. Uh listeners, thank you guys for tuning in to us another week. Uh make sure you share us, like us on Instagram. Uh Amibros underscore podcast is our handle on there. Um, and uh, I think that might be it, guys. Yo, fellas, let's be out. Let's be out. <laughs> uh-huh.